This presentation is from Design Research 2021, Day 3. Um, thanks, Steve, for that introduction, and hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Designing with Different Disciplines. Now, I'm really excited to be here today as a speaker at UX Australia, and I'm also really looking forward to one day, one day meeting you all in person in the future. Now, before we get started, I'd like to begin with an acknowledgement of country for the traditional custodian—sorry, uh, traditional custodians of the lands where I'm dialing in from, and that is the Wallamedical clan from the Eora Nation. I'd also like to pay my respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and of course, extend that respect to any Indigenous people who are here with us today. Now, for those who don't know me, my name is Kate Archibald and I am a senior UX designer. I'm currently working at Bright, which is an Australian startup all focused on making solar energy more accessible to people through finance. And then prior to that, I was a product designer at Atlassian for four and a half years. So I fell in love with designing and building software pretty early on in my design journey, probably when I was still in university. And something that surprised me when I got my first job in tech was how every day I was spending more time working with non-design roles than I was with my fellow designers. Particularly in tech, the relationship between design, product management and development is considered to be a bit of a golden triad of skills. And in my years in the industry being surrounded by developers and product managers, I've come up with a few solid strategies that have helped me get things done really well working together in a way that has also helped me grow my own design skills. So today I'm gonna to share with you my six key principles that have helped me create solid and effective working relationships with the team around me. And I've also had the added benefit of teaching me how to be a better designer. So our first three principles are all about developers. Now, if you've been working on anything digital, you'll have worked with developers. And it's probably safe to say that a designer will work with hundreds of developers over their career. So having a strong working relationship with developers is pretty critical in improving how you work in the digital space. And so here are the three principles that we're going to explore to work better with them. Let's dive right in with getting to know your developers. Now we have a habit in design of talking about developers as this homogenous group of people that write code. And it can be easy when you're starting out to assume that all developers are made equal, that all of them have the same skills and can produce the same work. But getting past this assumption is really critical because if you stick to a surface level understanding of who your developers are, you're missing out on seeing what are their interests and passions and working with those interests and passions together to improve the design solutions that you come up with. So in this section, I'm going to cover the three main types of developers that you'll work with if you're a designer working in the digital space. And these are front-end, back-end, and the dev manager. Now, of course, there are lots of different types of developers in tech, but these are the three that you'll work with most closely as a designer. Now, first up are our trusty front-end developers. So a good front-end developer can be worth their weight in gold to design. And this is because front-end developers on your team are going to be the ones who actually build the interfaces and interactions that you've designed. And given their role in building your work, a strong relationship with your front-end devs can help you to push for higher quality solutions, help with brainstorming ideas for things that you'd never think of, and with building solutions that are harder to build but provide better UX. So learn who on your team are your front-end developers and turn them into your best friends. But next up, we have back-end developers. So these are the people who work on the behind the scenes, things like the architectural structure of your product, APIs, services, essentially how your products and services all work under the hood. Now, at first glance, it may seem like their work is quite separated from design, 
But collaboration with backend developers is actually extremely valuable to your ability to design for your product. And this is because backend developers hold the key to understanding the technical constraints of your products. And in addition to that, bringing them into your process can actually make you a better systems thinker because that's how they work. Ultimately, if you're more well-versed in how your product works, you can make better decisions about how you design for it. And backenders are the ones that can help teach you that. And then lastly, there's the dev manager. Now this role looks different in every company, but one thing for certain is that they should be an expert on the people in their team. Now this person can be your lifeline as you start to bring developers into your process, because as you start to move into theirs, they are the ones that set those processes that, that, that your team will use. So a solid working relationship with the dev manager can help you with things like bringing human-centered thinking into how your dev team works. And now that you know who they are, the next principle is all about bringing developers onto the journey with you. So this is about seeking your developers' expertise in your design process. Now I'm talking about getting your dev team together, showing them your work, asking for their ideas and inputs, and maybe even letting them get their hands dirty with a bit of sketching. And there are tons of benefits to having your developers closer to your design work. When your developers are more involved and giving their feedback regularly on your ideas and designs, they're more likely to catch technical challenges nice and early. And this means that you get to have a head start on the design ideas that you have that are tricky to build. And this expands your overall options when it comes time to actually building your designs. You also get the opportunity to share your expertise when you bring them closer to your process and can start to impart your design wisdom into their way of thinking. And then developers, when given the chance to exercise their creative problem solving, they'll be more invested in what they're making. This means that the solutions will be built in a more elegant way because your developers will feel like the solutions belong to them because they had a hand in making those solutions come about, not just that they're building somebody else's ideas. And furthermore, having developers be more invested and involved in your work means that they see more of that whole customer journey. When developers are building, they can lose sight of that entire end-to-end -end customer story because their work is broken down into tickets. And those tickets focus on just individual parts of that experience. And this means it's really easy to get tunnel vision if they don't start with a clear idea of what that full picture is. And this is especially true if you're working on a team that is remote, where communication can be more difficult. But the more that you bring them into the process of defining the customer journey with you, the more familiar they are with it, and thus the better they are at building all of those separate parts in a way that anticipates the entire end-to-end -end experience. Now, my tip for having your developers be more involved is to start with something as simple as a critique session. So critique sessions are the ones where you bring in your designs and ask for feedback, something that you're already doing with your design team. But you can start doing this with your developers. It's as simple as scheduling in a recurring meeting today. Get time in your calendars, make sure that it repeats at least every week or fortnight. The more frequently that you're meeting, the more that you can show that work and build that shared understanding of the design solution. And now let's be honest for a moment. Your developers might suck at giving you feedback to start with. Feedback is a skill and it's also a learnable skill. And Let's be real here, we all were pretty terrible at giving feedback on design work when we started out. So if you go in with the knowledge and expectation that you're going to start off with teaching, it'll help you get through those awkward first few sessions. 
I highly recommend starting with a session zero, a meeting where rather than jumping straight into giving feedback, you explain the rules of engagement to your team, talk about the process of giving it feedback and set yourself up for success for ongoing meetings because you've got to stick through it while you get through those growing pains. It'll pay off in the long run when you and your dev team are working together and your devs are giving you feedback that can help you build the next big thing. And speaking of building the next big thing, our final principle for developers is to stick with them through their process and build the product together. The reality is, is that your job as the designer isn't finished when the specs are done. It's finished when your product is out in the world and it's doing its job. Because this is the harsh truth. There just isn't a design spec out there that is so good that it can replace you, the designer. Challenges will appear throughout the development process that your team could not have predicted. Sometimes designs are harder to implement than first assumed. Sometimes things will completely break. And your team will need you to be there to help. Nothing is more beneficial to you or your team than you being an active presence while your designs are being built. So don't pull a homer and disappear into the bushes, but rather make sure that you come out and stick around. And if that's not enough, just to scare you. Without a strong or available presence from design, developers may make their own decisions as to how something should look or work without consulting you. And we all know what that can lead to. So we don't want this happening to you, and it's very easy to avoid. So we're going to talk about how being more involved in the dev process can help you with keeping your designs looking solid. And here are three activities that we can do while working within the development process that can help you achieve that pixel perfection. The first is to define upfront the quality that you expect from your developers. A lot of small mistakes in the dev process can be attributed to developers saying, well, that looks good enough to me and then moving on, when we might disagree on what that good enough actually means. So setting expectations on what is and what isn't good enough upfront can help you to start teaching your design eye to your developers, especially those front-end devs who are going to be shaping that UI. And next up, utilize this design eye throughout the whole process. Designers have multiple points through the development journey to review work, and you should be taking advantage of that. If you aren't seeing the work until the week it ships out, or God forbid, after it has shipped out, you haven't been engaging with your team properly. Something that your team probably already does that you can take a bigger role in is bug bash sessions. QA sessions where the team will come together to test and experience before shipping. And if that doesn't already exist, you can start it. You need to be there to help set the standard of what you're shipping. And lastly, you can use your quality bar to make more effective trade-offs with your team. Working in tech is always about racing against the clock to ship things faster. And often this happens at the expense of good design. But in being available and present while building those designs out, you can use your expertise to stop things from shipping if they just don't work for your customers. And in that way, you can start to turn your whole dev team into champions of the customer experience because you all had a hand in creating it together. So to summarize our three principles for developers, start off with getting to know them properly, learn who's who and what they like to do, and then work with those strengths. Next, bring them into your process and rely on their expertise to help you achieve more. Take advantage of all the extra time and brain power that you get by having them involved nice and early. And next, be involved in their processes as they help you build out your work and help them through identifying bugs. Your developers can be your biggest ally in making you a stronger, more effective designer if you take the time to learn from them.
But now we're going to move on to product managers. So ultimately, this is the person on your team who represents the business needs and goals and identifies what problems are worth solving to bring the business value. So here are my three principles for working better with product managers. And let's dive right in with defining your roles. Now, when you start working with a new PM, and this is especially true if you are struggling with your current PM, you should begin by defining what your roles are. Where we can really struggle with the design and PM relationship is with how similar our roles can actually be. We both champion the customer, we both pride ourselves on problem finding and definition, and we both love solving those problems as well. Both of us work in ambiguous spaces and we look through different lenses at that ambiguity, meaning that the conditions are perfect for misunderstanding one another or just butting heads more often than what we should. And then if left unchecked, that ambiguity can lead to confusion around who does what work, who owns what, what are the expectations around what you're both supposed to do separately and together. Suddenly there's friction when there doesn't need to be. So get ahead of that nice and early and create clarity through defining your roles together. So three things that you should define upfront with your PM are your responsibilities, your key measures of success, and your stakeholders. So starting with your responsibilities is as easy as having a dedicated conversation about what is your working style and what your role entails. I'd also recommend bringing on anyone else that you work with closely, be it a dev manager, a researcher, data analyst, anyone that you work with on the regular can come to this. What you're going to uncover are a lot of shared responsibilities or perhaps some responsibilities that neither of you seem to own but probably should. This is your opportunity to smooth that out before you start stepping on each other's toes. Next, what are you being measured on? By talking about this, you can build a deeper understanding of how you both work and what is motivating you both. The reality is that PM and design, despite the similarities in our roles, are measured on very different things. For example, you might be measured on making sure that your customer experiences are hitting all of those NPS or CSAT goals but your PM might be being measured on revenue. Now, if your customer experience standards slow down shipping and risk that revenue, then you and your PM will need to come to an agreement on what to do. But you can't get to that point without first being upfront about what your bottom line is. So be open and have a conversation about it. And lastly, who are your key stakeholders? Now, this one is all about asking the question, whose opinion matters to you? Even if you're both on the same page about your work, you don't know if that extends out to the teams around you who are invested in your work. You need to tackle those types of problems as a team and be a united front to your stakeholders. You can start that off by simply talking about who they are and why they matter, so you can better start to strategize on how you present your work. So take those strategies that Donna just taught us and put, put them to good use with your PM. Next up, Learn the business. Now, this principle can really elevate how you think about your design work and how you interact with your PM. And this is one all about learning and understanding the business that you're in. That's not PM or design, but rather the industry that your company sits in. What is that industry and what products or services are in it? Who are the people that are using those products? How do they work? What's the hot guts on that new, big, exciting thing that maybe you will need to design into your product? The more you understand the market and its trends that you work in, the more you can anticipate what your customers will need and design your products to suit, as well as have more effective conversations with your PM. Next, start to learn who your competitors are. 
This is a part of knowing your market. It's not just about understanding the space itself, but who else is in that space. Looking into your competitor products can help you to understand different ways of solving the problems that your market faces, as well as what, what it might look like when you target different segments of those markets. So for example, a product that targets small teams and a product that targets enterprise teams will look completely different, despite both of them trying to solve the same types of problems. So the more you understand your competitors and even the gaps between your product and theirs can help you understand the types of problems that your company will face as you compete against them. Lastly, and most critically, learn what is the product strategy. So this is the plan that your product owners will have set to achieve their goals. If you want your designs to ladder back up into the business goals and then help you and your PM be on the same page, you need to understand where your product is trying to go. You can show tremendous value in your designs for your business and customers by being able to draw a line between your design work and the product strategy. So have a conversation with your PM about what the strategy is and understand their thoughts on it, but also form your own opinions. The more that you understand that product strategy, the better you can design that strategy into your work. It will make you and your PM very happy campers. Now, last but not least, when it comes to your working relationship with your PM, I highly, highly recommend building a vision together. This means creating a North Star idea of what your product or service will look like two to three years into the future. And having a solid shared idea of where your product is going can set you both up for success by giving you the opportunity to set yourselves goals, to find focus areas, and most importantly, set the tone for what is a good long-term experience for your customers. That's because there is some real magic that can happen when a designer and PM come together to work on those vision pieces, rather than just one of us working on it in isolation. Now, realistically speaking, a solid product vision comes together with an entire team. So make sure that your developers and your researchers and your marketers and anyone else that should be involved is also involved. But you and your PM can work together on facilitating those conversations. This means that you can both have an equal say on what you're going to be working on. How does this help you work better with the PM though? Well, there are three reasons. Firstly, because a product vision will focus on that long-term picture, it gives you both the opportunity to align on what are the most important things for the next couple of years. PMs are the owner of the roadmap, but that has never stopped designers and developers from having very strong opinions about that roadmap. So a vision piece gives you the opportunity to discuss and debate what focus areas should go on that roadmap, depending on factors like business value, but also user value. Then when you come to an agreement about what that big picture is, you can trust one another to execute on all the details around it. You and your PM don't need to be looking over one another's shoulders all the time so that everything that you do, that's not effective or a healthy way to work. The best PM that I ever worked with summed it up perfectly. When I asked him how involved did he want to be in all of the details of my design work, and he said, you're the designer, I trust you to do the design. And we got to that level of trust by having alignment on what the big picture was so that we could trust each other to go away and build towards that vision independently. Lastly, and most importantly for designers, building a vision gives you the chance to define that ideal customer experience. It gives your PM and your dev team a north star of what to build towards and a shared vision of the future experience that you can all rally around is an extraordinarily powerful tool for motivating your team. In addition to that, when your team comes to you to cut scope from your design so that they can move faster, as I said in tech, it's all about racing against that clock, 
Your vision piece can be used to debate against why you shouldn't do that since you'd be compromising that vision. And thus it becomes quite a powerful tool for you as well. So to summarize, these are the three principles that can transform your relationship with your PM. They're getting you both working on the same page and giving you both knowledge needed to speak the same language. Now, of course, all the principles that I mentioned today can be used to help you work better with any discipline that you work with, be it research, marketing, compliance, whoever. With a bit of understanding and openness, you can make your working relationship with all of your non-design friends run smoothly. And if you take away just one message from this talk today, I'd like it to be this. Your PMs and devs can make you a great designer when you remember that your job isn't just to teach design, but also to learn from others as well. Thank you so much for having me here today. This has been Designing with Different Disciplines. If you have any thoughts, questions or comments, or just want to have a conversation about what I spoke about, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Otherwise, I'm really looking forward to seeing you all at the 12 p.m. Q&A today. Thank you very much.